Well, it's that time of year again. Projects are in full swing, and you know what that means. you got to make that trip up to Jacob's Supply. Whether you're a contractor or builder, or you're checking those things off the to-do list around the house, now is the time to visit Jacob's Supply. Guys, listen to some of the crazy good deals they have going on right now. PVC decking for $2.99 a linear foot in 10 different colors. Composite decking for $2.35 a linear foot in two colors. Treated decking for $0.65 a linear foot. Duralife composite rail kits available in select colors starting at $64.99. And don't forget the vinyl rail kits also available in stock. Need the fasteners? They have those too. Hidden or visible? Clips or screws. Jacob Supply is located in Temperance, Michigan, but ships many products nationally too. So whether you're in-state or out-of-state, they're just a click or call away. Check them out at www.jacobsupply.com or call them at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978 or click the link in the description of this episode. Jacob Supply, your one-stop shop for products you need at prices you love. Hey guys, you got to join us at the Thank God for Bitcoin 2024 conference in Rocket Town, Nashville, July 24th and 25th. Last year was phenomenal and this year is going to be even better. G.K. Chesterton once said, I never discuss anything else except politics and religion. There is nothing else to discuss. Given how secular our current world is, this might sound strange. We can think of many things that don't initially seem political, but whether we recognize it or not, religion and politics define the playing surface and rules that govern our lives and actions. And money is one of the most powerful tools in enacting the wills of both government and God. Although we all use it, few Christians have a rich, biblically grounded, historically informed framework through which to understand what money is, and consequently the effect it necessarily has on how we think about economic issues. Well, that won't fly at this conference. We're talking stewardship, dominion, and the economics of glory with some of the biggest names around. Speakers include Michael Foster, C.R. Wiley, Dr. Ben Merkel, Dr. Glenn Sunshine, Nate Fisher, Jordan Bush, and many, many more. You won't want to miss this lineup. This is one of the most intellectually powerful theologically sound, and all-around good-time conferences you can go to this summer. So go to www.tgfb.com, that's Thank God for Bitcoin, www.tgfb.com, and get your tickets today, or click on the link in the description of this episode. See you there, guys. Christians, are you tired of just talking about starting a parallel economy and not doing anything about it? The Workspace Conference is the catalyst you've been waiting for. Join us this June 28th and 29th at the Hilton in downtown Fort Worth, Texas. Engage with leading Christian thinkers like David Bonson, C.R. Wiley, Steve Jeffrey, David Reese, and Andrew Krapyshevs. They'll share invaluable insights on how to actively integrate your faith with your professional life in ways that really matter. These leaders are not just thinkers, but doers, shaping a Christian approach to business that makes a real impact. This event is more than speeches. It's a vibrant networking hub for Christian professionals and entrepreneurs eager to create substantial change. It's an opportunity to forge meaningful connections, explore new business opportunities, and collaborate in a faith-driven environment. Don't miss the highlight of our networking opportunities, the exclusive speakers dinner. This is a premier event where you can dine with our speakers and other influential guests, deepening relationships and discussing ideas in an intimate setting. We are also actively seeking partners who are passionate about building a Christian economy. If you're interested in collaborating or sponsoring, we'd love to hear from you. And make sure you join us for Beer and Psalms for some relaxed fellowship and let's turn our faith into action together. So reserve your spot now at www.worksbase.com That's worksbase.com or click the link in the description of this episode and be part of building a dynamic Christian professional community. Let's move beyond talk, fellas, and start creating the change we want to see. Exploring theology, doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between? 
Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts now. Oh boy, got a little tickle in my throat there. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening, thanks for sharing, thanks for telling a friend. We can't do it without you. If you heard a cough there in the intro, that was real professional of me, but I'm getting over something, or maybe maybe on day two of it, so... Uh, throughout the episode, you might hear me lean back and, uh, I don't know, do my best to try to avoid coughing right into the microphone. But uh, that's what's going on here. I, the whole family, I think, got it from me, which is backwards. Generally, they all get it first. The kids get it first. The wife gets it first. I hang in there and I think every time I go, I'm not going to get it. I'm still a, I'm still a young buck. I got an immune system. And then, of course, uh, no, I get it. And I get it worse than everyone else. Um so, you know, that's just typical male thinking, though. I can I can avoid the virus, and uh, I just get it last because I'm probably not in the house quite as much as a stay-at-home mother and homeschool parent. So uh, that's that's me telling you how I'm sick. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure it makes for good podcasts. But, guys, uh, some things coming up really quick I want to talk to you about, well— uh, okay. So last year I did a lot of camping and I wasn't able to take any equipment with me, but this year when I get to the great lakes, like Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, Lake Huron, we're going to be doing some live episodes right from the beach. So be look, be on the lookout for that May through September. We'll have a couple of them sprinkled in there. And for those watching on YouTube, you'll have a very beautiful backdrop of God's glory, which is the Michigan Great Lakes, um, and it'll be from a couple different Great Lakes since we're going all around Michigan again this year. But it's got me, you know, I'm 55 degrees here right now in Michigan. It's, um, you know, the the birds are chirping, stuff's starting to bud. Uh, Now in Michigan, we're still going to get one more dump of like a foot of snow. That's just what happens. Uh, You know, right about in late March, we think we're clear, but I'm enjoying it right now. And, uh, you know, I'm looking out of my studio window here. I've got my camper sitting right there and I can't wait when it starts getting like this. And I start thinking about yard work and cleaning the gutters and, uh, doing all painting the fences. Guess what's next camping season. And we're going to bring you guys along with us, with my family on that this time, because we're going to do a couple, uh, episodes from the road. I got inspired by Dr. James White after watching the dividing line. If he can do it from a camper, (laughs) by golly, I can. But uh, let's get right into it. You probably heard someone laughing there. Yes, I do have someone on the line, and I'm very excited about this. I say that every week, but I'm always excited about my guests because I like to say I'm particular about our guests. We've had many people say, hey, I want to be on the podcast, or can we talk about this? And now we're not doing anything that's... um, snooty or highfalutin, okay? But we want to make sure that we bring you guys, the listeners, quality content. Uh, I know you guys are busy. I'm busy. Uh, I'm a big podcast listener. And I'll tell you what, if you're not, if those other podcasts aren't bringing me something that brings value, I'm probably clicking off and moving on to something else. Between my audiobooks, my Bible time, my video time, my podcast time, and I've only, you know, I've only got so many hours in the day. We want to make sure we're bringing you good stuff. So uh, this guy, uh, I think you guys are going to like. Um, he's been a Christian for, geez, 37 years, uh, been married for 24, has two grown children, one granddaughter. He was raised Baptist and recently became Presbyterian, which I'm interested in. We might have a conversation about that. We, I've kind of had the same journey. Uh, John MacArthur was his gateway to reform theology, which led him down the rabbit trail. I like that. Uh, I did the same thing. I was on a rabbit trail myself for about eight years. He's a hip hop head, which most people would never guess. And he enjoys talking about the Bible and about Bibles. That's important because 
That's why he started the Rural Bible Review channel, which I checked out and I absolutely love on the podcast today. Colby Munsey, how are you, sir? I'm good, ma'am. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for being here. You know, we met down at the Shadows to Substance Conference, and um, we were yep. one of maybe four Presbyterians down there among the Southern Baptists, <laughs> uh, the Reformed Baptists. So we, we, we became friends quickly. It was kind of uh, friendship under fire uh, since they kept saying they were going to baptize us. So we had to stick together. Uh, but I got to know you over the course of those three days. We, we had some breakfast together and went out for dinners and stuff like that and got to talk to all those guys. And guys, if you haven't listened uh, by now, both part one and part two of the Shadow of the Substance Conference is out where I interviewed each of the speakers. It was um, absolutely wonderful. Some young guys, some new guys, some guys that just don't have a real big platform like some of the others, but um, preach the gospel. And I think you enjoy that. So go back in the catalog and check that out. But uh, Colby and I met and uh, we hit it right off uh, as Presbyterians down there. And then uh, we start talking about your, um, your, uh, your, your YouTube channel. And I have an obsession with books. Um, I think you can only see behind me here if you're watching this. This is one of my 12 bookcases that I have. Okay, these two bookcases here are for the studio, but my upstairs bedroom is essentially also a library. It's a 400-square-foot master bedroom because I converted a duplex home. So that was the whole living area for a family of five, and now it's my master bedroom that also has a library in it. My wife is obsessed with books. I'm especially obsessed with Bibles, and you review Bibles. Um, Do you know how many times that I have looked at a Bible online and I went, I'd love to see how that turns. I want to know if I write in it, if the ink's going to go through it. I want to see it in someone's mm-hmm. hand so it's compare, you know, so I can compare it. I want someone to tell me they touched it and how it feels. How do the ribbons feel? Are they too long, too short? And I went, there's no one that's doing that. And guess what? You do that. So, Kobe, tell us a little bit about yourself first. I think I covered a little bit of your personal stuff, but tell me where the uh, idea for the channel came from, too. Well, I, um, there's other you know reviewers out there, but most of them were, they just do like the high-end Bibles. Um, and I've got some high-end Bibles that I've done reviews on and everything. But like today, I recorded one earlier, and it's a hardback. It's an $18 Bible. So um, I review a little bit of everything. Um, my wife and my daughter actually have a YouTube channel. Um, not trying to plug them or anything, but they Go ahead, plug them. They're in this, uh, well, they're, they're in this community that, I've learned so much about cross stitching. Um, it's about uh, they call it, yeah. Yeah, you look you look like a guy that cross stitches. Right, Me and you both, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> but they call it floss tube. So okay. they, you know, started doing it and was talking about you know their patterns and things they you know design and you know cross stitch and stuff. And so I was all the time talking to my wife about Bibles, and and she's not one. If I got her a premium Bible, she would appreciate it. But like. She carries a you know twenty dollar crossway purple Bible to church because it's purple. That's her favorite color, right? And the print's good and large, and you know and that's what she likes. But you know she you know of course is interested. But she said, "Why don't you just do a YouTube channel?" She said, "You know, you just never know." And I said, "Okay." So I started it, and slowly but surely, it's you know kind of built up. Today I've got like two hundred eighty three subscribers, and I'm trying to get to three hundred. So if you're listening to this, go subscribe. You could win a Bible, but you got to go watch last week's video to do so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's just kind of how it started, and I just I do it because I enjoy it. Um, yeah. And me like you, you know, used to you could go to Lifeway and look at a Bible because yep. there was Lifeways everywhere, you know, especially down here in the South. And now there's no 
bookstores. Nowhere. You know, you can go to Barnes and Noble, but they don't have a big Bible selection. No. Um, you know, and I was like you, I was like, well, I want to know how that feels. I want to know what it looks like. And because you can, you know, look online at, you know, a the inside of a Bible, but that doesn't do it justice. No. You know, you gotta see it, you know, yeah. because online they're gonna make it look as good as possible. But when you get the Bible and get the paper, you know, get to look at it, it's gonna be opaque or it's gonna be bright white or and it's going to look different under different lighting. So you've got to be able to look at it, in my opinion. So that's what I try to provide. So Yeah, so just for the people listening and watching, I want to play this little clip. It's 30 seconds, just to give you an idea of what it kind of looks and sounds like. Here, check this out. This is Colby reviewing uh, an LSB Bible, I believe. And there you go. And just like all the other LSBs, this is a verse-by-verse, single-column format. Um, <clears throat> this is a 10.5-point font. You do have your book titles, running headers, chapter, and page numbers in red, and the words of Christ are in red. So we'll get to that in a minute. You do have a 1.33-inch outer margin for notes and things like that. Um, the paper is 40 GSM paper, so the paper will take the writing. So what I love about that is... I'm a technical guy. I want to know how much room I have in the margins to write. I know uh, most people think, oh, I, I don't know if I'm that way, but I'm telling you, a lot of people think that way, even if they don't know they think that way. They might be making that decision based on, uh, you know, when they look at one in person and go, oh, I like how much margin or I, I like the, th you know, how the way the paper feels. But like you said, you can't do that when you just don't have any in-person bookstores really anymore. And especially any Christian right. bookstores. I don't have one. I think the nearest one to me is 60 miles, and I'm 40 miles south of Detroit, for crying out loud. I'm, I'm near major cities, you know, five miles north of Toledo, and there is just not a lot of uh, bookstores, let alone Christian bookstores, that hold a lot of Bible. So I found your channel very useful, and I think for anyone listening that is thinking about purchasing a Bible and not necessarily purchasing that, you know, $450 rebind mm -hmm. with all that, right? Hey, look, I want a daily use Bible. I'm not going to spend too awfully much on it, maybe $40, $50. And mm -hmm. I want to know how it reads, how it looks, how it feels, uh, you know, yeah. what it looks like at hand. And I mean, you've got a lot of videos on there doing that. And do you just stick to one type or one version of Bible or do you do, do, you do everything? Because I think I saw a smaller NIV on there too, which was pretty cool. Or ESV, excuse me. Uh yeah, no, I've done ESV, LSB, and CSB, and I've actually done a um, couple of New King James, I think. I've done New American. So, no, I, I do, you know, any and everything. Um, I actually did a really cool, We were my wife and I were at a Bass Pro, and we were looking like in the little home goods section, you know, where they have like uh, candles and different things like sure. that. And we were looking at the cookbooks and stuff. And I looked, and I was like, is that a Bible? And it's a little camouflage CSB compact Bible that has devotions from a uh, hunter that's a Christian. Um, and I was like, well, that's pretty cool, because that's something you could take, you know, put it in your field pack. And, you know, when you're out waiting on the deer or, you know, whatever you're hunting, you could just open up that little Bible and just read it. And so I did a review on it. Um, I haven't posted as many pictures on my Instagram as I usually do. Uh for the channel, but my wife always takes my pictures for me because like say her being a crafty person, she just kind of has an eye for that stuff. Yep. Well, she took that one when I gave it to her to take pictures. I said, Hey, go take a picture of this. 
you know, for me, you know, to post. She goes, okay, well, I heard the door close. And I was like, where's she going? She took it out to a tree out in the yard <laughs> yeah. and put it up on a tree, it, which was fitting, you know. So, yeah. so no, I'll review anything and everything. Um, I, I will not review the Passion Translation <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the message yeah. or the Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those three are kind of in the same category. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, sorry for, oh, I was going to say sorry for any of you message or passion readers out there, but I don't have any of those in my audience. I don't think. <laughs> no, I, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you buy all the Bibles or do you have people send them into you or how do you get a hold of the Bibles? Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Covenant Real Estate. And why not? It's my podcast and my real estate company. But seriously, I've absolutely enjoyed helping clients buy, sell, and invest in real estate over the last 12 years. My brokerage serves clients in Michigan and Ohio, with more states coming soon. When I started this brokerage, I wanted to ensure that my expertise and knowledge would serve every one of my clients. I take my fiduciary responsibility to my clients very seriously. That's why I named it Covenant Real Estate. Not only is a covenant a contract in the legal sense, but it's also a solemn promise from myself to each of my clients. I will do my absolute best to serve you. It's also pretty cool that our name has some theological implications as well, which is a great conversation starter. And here's the best part. My agents and I have extensive experience in helping people buy and sell residential homes, buy and sell commercial properties, as well as investing in real estate and selling and purchasing recreational and vacant land. Covenant Real Estate can help you with all of your real estate needs, and I would love the opportunity to earn your business. So if you have real estate needs in Michigan or Ohio, call me at 734-731-GREG. That's 734-731-GREG. Or click on the link in the description of this podcast episode you're listening to right now. Remember, Covenant Real Estate. Confidence from contract to close. Every Bible I have reviewed except for five I have bought. A friend of mine sent me three to review, um, so I reviewed his three. Mm. Another friend sent me one to review, so I reviewed it. And then the Lockman Foundation sent me a New American 2020 to review. Um, okay. So, But the rest of them are my personal Bibles. Um, and just to give you an idea, you know, you're talking about uh, reviewing just anything and everything. Our church just recently got... Um, ESV pew Bibles, the 20, you know, the little crossway hardback pew Bibles. Mm -hmm. I'm going to snake one of those uh, from church Sunday and bring it home and review it. I like it. Um, because Steal stealing Bibles you know, from the church for your YouTube channel. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll let my pastor know. So it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So are you against people no. sending you in Bibles? If someone's listening right now and they go, yeah, I have an extra one of those, no. or I'd like him to review that for other people. Cause I just love this Bible so much because I have a thing where, if I see a Bible, and like I said, if it's more of an entry-level Bible and it's, there's a deal on it or something, or I just really seem to like it, I'll buy two or three, and I'll give it away yeah. or you know, maybe send it into you or, or go, hey, this needs to be reviewed because I think, you know, for a whatever, a $24 Bible from Ollie's, let's say, uh, you know, Ollie's outlet right. up here in Michigan will get a lot of uh, Bibles that maybe weren't yep. too popular in the major bookstores, but still a good Bible. 
um, you're not against people sending those in and, and uh, you taking a look at them and then you get to add them to your uh, collection. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, you know, and if it's one that you, it's your personal Bible and you want it back, but you're like, you know, I got this rebound by, you know, Jeff or somebody and yeah. I want, you know, people to see it, then I'll review it and I'll send it back, you know, and I, um, I try to take care too, because, you know, I've bought Bibles from people online and got it and was like, how did this box stay intact? You know, because right. the postal service isn't exactly, you know, careful, but <laughs> they didn't pack it well. So right. I always try to pack things well, you know, wrap it and everything, you know, just try to make sure it gets back in, you know, pristine condition. But, but no, either way, you know, if somebody wants to send me one, I'll gladly take it. And if I can't use it, um, my pastor and I actually are involved in our local jail ministry. Um, and you've got inmates there that, you know, are looking for Bibles. Now, if it's a hardback or leather, I couldn't give it to them. But once they get out, you know, I'd, you know, be more than happy to pass it along and give it to them. So it will be put to use. So, yeah. So, yeah, very cool, man. Um, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your journey from, like you said, Baptist to Presbyterian. I found that interesting because I, I have just been attending. So I, I've been really reviewing, let me back up one more step. Let me back up two steps. So I grew up in a non-denominational church, uh, two different churches, one from birth to about 13, the other one from 13 to 18. Both were non-denominational, but essentially held to Baptist. I mean, that's when you really get down to it. They were, you know, credo Baptist and held to kind of SBC, but not really SBC. They weren't in the denomination. They were just a non-denominational church. So I grew up going, oh, well, that's just, that's Christianity. Um, Yeah, there's some Methodists out there and Presbyterians and, and, you know, some different types out there. But um, yeah, I mean, on baptism and and covenants and things, this is just the way you are. And then I went down the rabbit hole, like you said, in my 20s on Reformed Theology and just uh, James White and R.C. Sproul were my two big influences. So there's two different ones, uh, you know, one's Baptist and one's obviously Presbyterian. And I really started thinking for the last probably eight or nine years now, just going, what does covenant theology really look like? I remember I said the sinner's prayer at seven, but I wasn't allowed to get baptized until the age of accountability at 13. And I went, so what is that five years all about? Or five or six years in between there? I was, I had enough accountability to repeat a prayer and be saved, but not enough to be bet, right? So all these things rolled around in my head. And just in the last two years, um, and I'm a very slow, I work through things slowly. I don't like to just jump to the next thing. I, I read about it. I right. study, I pray, I, I go back to the word. I think about it. I study some more. I pray, right? That's why I said I was a closeted Calvinist for almost eight years, even though I knew that was the the route I was going. I just wanted to be sure this wasn't something I'm latching on to, right? Uh, and the same with uh, Presbyterian and basically, you know, Baptist as well. And it just seemed to make sense a little bit. Uh, it just within the last two years, uh, I've been going to a, a Reformed Presbyterian church and understanding really what baptism signifies and what it means. And look, we're not going to have a baptism debate here because you and I are on the same side of it. But I was just wondering what your journey was from kind of Baptist and you know, there's differences besides baptism and between Baptists and Presbyterians, but that's right. the big one that we like to joke about uh, most of the time if we're friendly about it. What was your journey from Baptist to Presbyterian, and how did you get there? Well, um, I kind of like you, I, I did grow up Baptist, and it was a—I um, really didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, it was a you know basically an independent fundamental Baptist. Um, they used the King James, but I don't ever remember them— railing against other translations so necessarily like a kjv only type church mm. um i'm i'm 50 i'll be 51 this year to give people a 
concept of, you know, how I grew up. Um, so I remember one of our deacons, he was an older guy. He encouraged the church to join the SBC because he liked the cooperative program and how they gave to missions and, you yeah. know, and things like that. So our church voted on it and it became an SBC church. Well, um, fast forward, get married, moved to where I am now and, you know, kept going to Baptist churches and everything and discovered John MacArthur uh, because the church I was attending at the time used the new King James. And this is when, you know, bookstores were readily available and I bought a MacArthur study Bible okay. in the new King James. And, you know, of course, reading along and then studying the notes, I was like, election, what's, what's this stuff he's talking about here? You know, so then <laughs> that started me into it. And, you know, of course, when you discover MacArthur, you're going to discover Sproul because right. of their friendship. Sure. And so then I discovered Sproul and I loved, I just soaked up everything, you know, that Sproul was. I didn't even realize that he was Presbyterian really, you know, for the longest. Yeah. Um, because I just soaked up all his reformed teaching and I was like, well, I guess I'm a Calvinist or reformed, you know? Okay. You know, so <laughs> there you go. Well, where I live, there is, I, I told the kids, uh, I teach Sunday school at church. I told them, was it this past Sunday or Sunday before last? There's like between here and my church, there's like 11 churches and, you know, and I live like less than five miles from my church. So, um, you know, literally we have a church on every corner. Um, so, but there's no reformed churches. Yeah. There's a big Southern Baptist church in this small town and there's, you know, like three church of Christ. There's, you know, different types of Pentecostal type churches uh, there's a Nazarene church or some just non-denom churches. And then there was that little, you know, there's two Presbyterians. There's a Cumberland Presbyterian, which I think is PCUSA, maybe mm -hmm. I, I could be wrong. Um, and then there is Grace Presbyterian where I go and our little church is in a storefront. It's not a, there's no stained glass. There's no steeple. None of that. It's a little strip mile storefront thing. Okay. Kind of like Jeff's church. Um, <laughs> You know, so we'd go by there and I'd see it and I was like, well, I don't know. Well, we decided we found a Reformed Baptist church because at the time we were still Baptist and loved it. I still love the pastor. I know him. We're friends on Facebook and everything, you know, follow each other on Twitter. And but where it is up on the mountain, it's a very curvy road. And my wife gets corset and okay. she can't handle that drive. So we were like, well, man, I hate that because we loved it because that was the first time going to a reform worship service, you know, okay. that was very liturgical and all that. And I was like, man, I love this. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, because, you know, growing up Baptist, well, you know, sing three songs, take up an offering, have a special singing, preaching, altar call and, yeah. you know, just the same old, same old. You know, having the call and response and the, you know, public confession, you know, reading the confession of yeah. sin together, and yeah, silent confession and more scripture reading and, you know, doing the creeds and just, you know, it's just great. So anyway, I, you know, somehow or another, I, I forgot exactly how, but I was like, well, let's go try out this little Presbyterian church. So we went in and it's funny. I wore a t-shirt that first Sunday is a wrath and grace t-shirt. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it was the one that Claude had on at um, the conference that had squad goals and it had uh, okay. Spurgeon and Knox and all those guys. Yeah. Both teaching elders came up to me afterward and they're like, I love that shirt. <laughs> and we were, we were like, we got to go talk to this guy. So, yeah. Anyway, ended up, we started going there and it took me a while. We went through the, um, they call it an inquirer's class, which is what you go through before you join. 
And I was like, I just, I don't know. I'd have my 1689 and the Westminster side by side, and I'm reading through both of them. And I, I just got hung up on baptism. I, I mm. just could not get past it. And I remember talking to a friend and I was like, you know, I said, I, I just can't get past that. And they said, well, are you looking at it through your Baptist lenses or are you looking through it with an open mind? And I was like, hmm. Mm. So I prayed and, you know, kept studying and I got the book by Sproul, Truths We Confess. Love that book. Um, behind me on yes. the shelf. And yep, well, mine's sitting right over here. <laughs> and I went straight to the bab, you know, the Baptist part. Yeah. Uh, or the baptizing part. And what made me first respect Sproul on it is like he said, if you asked him to pin down a scripture in the New Testament that says to baptize infants, he said, I can't show it to you. Yeah. However, it is implied in a lot of places. And, yeah. you know, and it goes on to talk about it and everything sure. and, you know, and explains it with the covenant, you know, and all that. And I was like, huh, well, that makes sense. I was like, yeah, they don't think it's salvific because, you know, I've always been told that like a lot of Lutherans and like Catholics, oh, if you baptize the baby, they think they're saved. And yeah, Presby's don't think that way. And, and I know people that's met Presbyterians that way. Well, send them my direction because you've met a bad Presbyterian. Right. Um. Yeah. There's not one member of my church that believes that. Yeah. Not one. Um, you know, so it, it was it was a little bit of a journey. And once I came to grips with it, I, I told my pastor, I said, look, I'm on board, man. I, I get it. You know, I, I don't have an issue with it. I, I see where it's at. I still see the Baptist side of it, too. I see where they get what they get. And that's sure. fine. I do, too. Um, I, I don't think that's something that we should divide over um, because, it's, you know, yeah. in my opinion, a secondary issue. Um, but, um, but yeah, once, once I saw it, I was like, I can't even see it anymore. Yeah. You know, you know and I then just can't. you can't. And then when you, when you read through the Bible too, and you see how God is such a generational and covenantal mm -hmm. God, um, mm -hmm. in, to where he talks about the children and the children's children and, and things like that. And obviously baptize you and your family yep. and all those verses. It, it, right. it, ju it just makes sense. Um, you know, it's funny. I was having this conversation with, uh, someone in a non-denominational church. Oh no, I'm sorry. Not non. It was an AG church assemblies of God. And they said, that's the hmm. pedo baptism. That's just, that's just crazy. I said, well, you know, it's, it's a thing where the children are up front. The congregation is part of it. We have a part of it in our hmm. baptism as well as do, do you, do, you know, do you promise and, and swear, not swear, but promise to God to help these parents raise this child right. in the way that they should go and be part of that covenant and part of that blessing. And we're like, yeah, we do, you know, and they go, yeah, that's just crazy. And then he goes, or then I go, so uh, when's your guys' next baby dedication? And uh, he thought for a minute and he goes, well, we do got one coming up in two weeks. I said, that's what you guys do as, as uh, assemblies of God. You hold up a baby, you tell everyone, I'm dedicating this baby to God. I want it to be part of the covenant, part of the blessings. As parents, we're going to make sure we raise it up. I said, you do it in front of the congregation. I said, now you're not calling it a baptism. And I would say that that's an error and you do need to specify that sacrament, but you just ripping off presbies is all you're doing there when you're doing a baby dedication. Exactly. And I said, where's that in yep. the Bible? Tell me where baby dedication is, you know, so we had a pretty good conversation on that. And I've told that to a few like non-denoms and in, in your AGs and your kind of more charismatic kind of Baptist light, light uh, church mm -hmm. uh, members. And they go, huh. And I can just tell it starts to get their uh, wheels turning and, and hopefully they look into it and study it. And like I said, secondary issue. We both know that. 
But mm-hmm. um, I was just interested in that journey. I do. I did laugh because you said you wore that shirt to the first time you went to your Presbyterian. <laughs> I wore this. It was the summertime when I went to the church I'm attending now. Um, and, and this is the shirt I wore. It's uh, wine them, dine them, Romans nine them. Dine them, Romans nine them. That's a shirt. That's a shirt we make, and it's on our website. So I ordered one. Uh, you can get it. You can get, shameless plug. You can get it at dmwpodcast.com. Support the show. But uh, yep. I had a couple people come up to me and they go, "What does that say?" And I told, and they laughed and they go, "Oh, you're going to fit in here." Uh, so, so we had a we had a good laugh together. But uh, it's fu- it's funny yeah. how you and I both kind of have that same thing. So yeah, Baptist or Presbyterian? How long have you been attending that church? Uh, since 2019. Okay, so uh, we started going there right before. Yeah, right before the pandemic, um, and we were the Sunday school class uh, that we were a part of at the time they were going through the Westminster. Um, And I never will forget that the last Sunday we had Sunday school, um, uh, our pastor wasn't there. So one of the elders was filling in and he was raised on the Heidelberg catechisms Mm. and everything. So he was explaining it and, you know, and was going through it. And I was like, huh. You know, because there's some, you know, because some of the stuff I've never heard of. I knew what sure. the Westminster was. I knew what the 1689 was. Uh, but, you know, first time they did the creeds, I, you know, we s- said the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. Um, now, you got to keep in mind, part of my journey too, being in this rural area, we went to a, a charismatic church here, a Church of God, yeah. that did not function like a Church of God because probably 90% of the congregants weren't Pentecostal. Mm. So, but you still heard, you know, you're, you know, when them talk about Joyce Meyer and Paula White, T.D. Sure. Jakes and, you know, the typical people. But so when we first said the Apostles Creed, we're sitting there in church, you know, that first Sunday and I'm reading along and I was like, he descended into hell. I was like, wait a minute, red flags start going <laughs> off because I'm thinking Joyce Meyer you know, and some of her heretical teachings. So I asked the pastor, I think it was like two Sundays later, we had a fellowship meal Mm -hmm. and uh, he came and sat with us and he said, you got any questions, you know, and everything. And so I was like, yeah, I said, on the apostles creed, I said, explain. And he said, well, you know, and of course he goes on to explain that, you know, Jesus took literal hell on earth when God turned his back on him and he had the wrath of God on him with all of our sin. And I said, makes perfect sense. Not a problem. So, um, which I'd studied that and found that out beforehand. I just, when I questioned him, I wanted to make sure. Just make you know, sure he wasn't a Kenneth and, Copeland type, yep, huh? <laughs> yep. 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 Cause I was going to run, <laughs> but, uh, but no, um, but yeah, yeah, we, and we love it. I mean, it's, I, I tell people all the time, I just, you know, I can't see me ever going back to any other type of church that isn't, um, isn't reformed and isn't liturgical in. Yeah their service and everything, because it's, it's just totally different. Yeah. The first time, uh, in the church I'm at now, we did uh, public confession together. I went, why isn't mm. every church every Sunday doing this? And it was something that mm-hmm. I had wondered growing up my whole entire life. I mean, Col- yeah. Kobe, I, yeah. I, I grew up in church, said the sinner's prayer at seven, got saved at 24. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, famously mm-hmm. say, uh, I went to church up until I was 18 years old until I decided that I wanted to do what I want to do and rebel and, 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 you know, put my middle finger up to God for six years. But up until that point, I'd always heard confess your sins to one another, confess your sins. And he is faithful to forgive. I'd never seen anyone confess a sin ever in my life for the first 18 years of my life. Yep. And I went, when is this confessing going on behind closed doors? Maybe, maybe I got to set up a, 
you know, a, 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 an appointment with an elder or a pastor. And then we just kind of say it to each other. Or the big thing was accountability partner when you're a youth group. Okay. Yeah. So I confess it to that guy and okay. He doesn't tell like, what good is it to tell one guy who isn't even going to keep me accountable? And, and then you go, Oh, so probably the biblical reading of that is a corporate and public confession. There should be private confession as well mm-hmm. with accountability, but it's such a beautiful right. thing. On top of that, our elders mm-hmm. uh, and a, a different elder each week writes the writes the um, the confession. And I'll tell you what, some mm-hmm. of those confessions that we pray are just as powerful as the sermon I hear twenty minutes later. I mean, talk about yeah. being convicted because we don't hold back. You know, Presbyterians will we'll let you know how depraved you are, and, and we are, and we we yeah. and we confess <laughs> those to the Lord. And, mm-hmm. and, and we hate sin. And just because we say we're depraved doesn't mean we get to keep being depraved. I've seen some of those in sure. the reform that like to use it as a crutch. Go, oh, I'm so horrible. I'm so, so then I can keep sinning. Absolutely not. We're not saying that, right? We don't keep sinning because grace abounds, but I'll tell you what, sure. there is something powerful just in the couple of years I've been at this church where I've seen a change in my life just because of public confession, um, mm-hmm. to say the words and have other people around and, 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 and understand, yes, we're all fallen and, and fall short of the glory of God, every single one of us in this congregation, and we ask the Lord for forgiveness. I, like you said, I don't know if I could ever go to another church that doesn't do that once you've tasted that. Yeah. I mean, just, just the thoughts of it is just, you know, I'm like, oh, God, that, it was just so <laughs> terrible, you know. Um, but yeah, we, we um, our confessions come from the Valley of Vision, um, yeah, I think the book of common prayer, uh, we, you know, we have them laid out and, uh, but it's just so great because you have the call to confession. So you'll have a scripture beforehand and then you read the confession together, take a few moments of silent confession. And then our pastor always says, you know, Christians lift up your, <laughs> you know, eyes, lift up your hearts, mm. hear the words of encouragement. And then he'll read, you know, words of encouragement after that and tell us that we are forgiven through the blood of Christ, you know, and. It's just so just, it's just great. It and is. taking the Lord's Supper every week. Yeah. That is, you know, I'm used to, oh, we do it once a quarter or once a month. And I'm like, why? Why, why, why do we, I mean, this isn't, you know, you're not doing your taxes, you know, if you're self-employed or something <laughs> like that. I mean, why can't you, why not do it every week? Um, and we do, and I love it. It's, now, it's see, great, we, so. we, we are once every month and I would love it if we went to once a week, I will say this for a church yeah. that we are so darn communal. Um, yeah, it's a church of 800 and every single person has been to every other single person's house. I mean, for dinner, for oh, Sunday awesome. afternoon. I mean, it is very, our, our pastor is, uh, he's, he's lost, I think four siblings all the, before the age of 50, he has some medical issues. So he like lives life. Like, no, you embrace each other. You love them. Now you, you know, you do what Christ commands and, and lay down your life for them. So we do have that. And I, I've been teasing him. Uh, I've been saying, you know, we, we, it'd be a little more communal if we just had communion every week. I, I, you know, uh, the, 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 clo- <laughs> the closer you get to the Lord and the more you, you mature in your faith and the more the Lord mm. sanctifies you. And this isn't something from, a, and I know you're the same way. This isn't a, something from a place of pridefulness. Okay. It's just how good wow. he is that he opens up parts of your being that just enjoy the richness of those sacraments and of his presence that mm-hmm. much more. Um, mm-hmm. This was the, this is sad to say I'm 41 years old. This was the first year at Christmas that I would 
that, that when it fell on a Sunday that I actually w- would rather be at church than opening presents with my family. Now I'm a big Christmas guy. Okay. I like the tree. I like the snow. I'm a big, I'm an extrovert. I like the whole feeling of Christmas in years past. I went, well, I'm doing a good thing. I'm with my family. I'm giving them gifts. We're reading the Bible in the morning where, you know, beforehand we do, we do the Bible, you know, the Christmas story. Then we open gifts and yeah, I, I, I want to be with my family on Christmas morning. And this year the Lord mm-hmm. just convicted me and he said, your family is my family. It's the church. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. And it's, it's good. It's good to be with your family. Don't, you know, listen to me. Yeah. Anyone listening, I'm not saying ignore your family for the church. Believe me, I've seen some pastors and elders do that. Does not turn out well. Uh, I'm saying uh, that I had something personally for me in my heart. <coughs> that didn't want to be in uh, with, the, with the brothers and sisters of the Lord because selfishly I wanted to be with my family opening gifts and creating that Christmas memory when, in fact, uh, the Lord just really convicted me uh, and said, absolutely not. Um, on, on Sunday, on the Lord's Day, you're with me and you yeah. worship me. Yeah. And I think that's just another thing of that kind of sanctification of going, oh, oh yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. Because there's a lot of good things that are distracting. Um, they're not necessarily sin. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily sin, but they're just not glorifying right. to God, right? And I bet you you could name a few That's things right. that are good things in your life that the Lord probably mm-hmm. lets you enjoy. But if they become yeah. if they become more important than Christ Himself, well. Now, now they are sin and they're just an idol. And that's where right. I was coming yeah. from now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, got me I in used a soapbox to be the same there. way. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I was the same way. And, and this year we actually um, went to our Christmas Eve candlelight service. And then we went to our Christmas day service and they were both just excellent. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't trade either one of them for anything, um, you know, yeah. and I look forward to the next time Christmas falls on the Lord's day. I tell you, it, it just, it killed me though, seeing how many, and if anybody from my hometown listen to this, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I don't care. Um, kind of like uh, Daryl, isn't that what Daryl says on the Just Thinking podcast? Yeah, I, don't I don't care. care. Yeah. I, I do not care. We have, um, in my area, we have, I call the independent fundamental Baptist around here, Pentecostals without the tongues. Um, <laughs> and then, because that's what they are. Um and then we have uh, a lot of Pentecostals that are just so super spiritual. Mm. You know, they'll just let you know how great of a Christian they are. And because, you know, they jumped the pews and spoke in tongues and did all the things. <laughs> but yet they were some of the ones that wasn't having service until maybe Sunday evening. Yeah. Or they had it on Christmas Eve Eve on the 23rd that way, you know, you could spend time with your family or they had it, you know, on Christmas Eve. Now I'm glad they had service and didn't cancel it altogether. Sure. You know, so kudos on that, but I'm like, but it's on Sunday. It's the Lord's Why day. Why is this a question? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. And yeah. not saying that I'm any better than anybody, like you said, not coming from a place of pride or anything. I can't imagine, yeah. you know, canceling. I'm like, wow, why would you do that? It's Sunday. Yeah, it's kind of strange, you too, know, when when you have a, to church. a possessive S in it. You say, oh, this is the Lord's day. But then you say, yeah, mm-hmm. not really, because I want to do what I want to do. You know, the verse that pops right. into my head, and it always seems extreme, and people misinterpret it, but it basically says, 
Christ looked at people and said, look, unless you hate your mother and your father, you're not fit for mm-hmm. the kingdom. What does that mean? Does that mean I go out and I'm mean to my mom and dad and I hate them and I spite them? No. It means when push comes to shove, who are you going to choose? Mm-hmm. You're going to choose family mm-hmm. or you're going to choose Christ? Uh, That's right. And we have to choose Christ. We're a slave to Christ. And, you know, the, That's right. the less sanctified uh, believer... Uh, maybe the new believer, maybe the one that's sat under uh, bad teaching for 50 years or false teaching mm-hmm. for 50 years can't quite understand that. But I tell you what, mm-hmm. we've been talking about this over the last two years because uh, this was a podcast that started at the beginning of COVID. Uh, things like pandemics and COVID and nuclear war and, and, and uh, you know, end of the world and all this stuff that we see uh, propagated in the news, that will divide the real believers Mm-hmm. and the ones that are just playing church. And we saw that a little bit in COVID. That's right. What churches were set, oh, yeah. shutting down, which ones weren't, which ones said absolutely. Yep. No, we have a right to gather with the ecclesiastical assembly of the brothers and sisters, and the Christ commands that, and that's what we're going to do. And the other ones that just said, eh, you know, we can just watch it on a live stream. That's pretty much, you know, you're getting the same thing. You know, as long as we hear the mm-hmm. pastor tell some jokes and, and give us a 20-minute sermon, that's what we're there for anyway. <laughs> and you realized, oh, yep. okay, so even in God's good providential wisdom showed a, a kind of a splitting. And now we know. I know which churches in my community were one or the other. Didn't know before. Right. I kind of knew, but you really know. Yeah. And, you know, so yep. I don't know. The uh, persecution and hard times has always refined the church. So I look at those mm-hmm. things and I, and I, I welcome them. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to be under persecution, but at the same time, I understand that Christ is King ruling and reigning. And at the end of the day, it refines our faith and, re- and refines his body. That's right. Yeah. So, so as we, uh, as we kind of, uh, wrap this up here, uh, what'd you think about shadow? How did, first of all, how'd you find out about the shadows to substance conference? And then give me a little review of what you thought and, uh, How'd you, how do you like it down there? Because we didn't, I didn't really talk about that on the podcast too much. All I did was give little 10 minute clips of each of the speakers. I gave a little three minute intro before on each episode, Mm -hmm. part one and two, but as someone who attended and as someone who Mm -hmm. is, (laughs) was one of the six Presbyterians that we had to stick together. I keep, (laughs) I keep saying that, but they were lovely, right? We, Jeff and all those guys and James White, they're all joking with us, but they were lovely. Uh, what did, Mm -hmm. how'd you find out about the conference? And then what'd you think about it? Uh, well, I found out about it through Jeff. Um, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I have actually benefited from his work. Um, I do have a rebound ESV verse by verse preaching Bible from him. Mm. Um, I've reviewed it on the channel, shameless plug. Um, <laughs> but um, so he kept posting about it and posting about it and posting about it. And I've been to conferences. Um, I haven't never been to G3, which I'm still kind of up in the air if I want to go or not, because I went to Together for the Gospel in 2018 Yeah, um, and got to see uh, MacArthur live. I wanted to see Sproul, but, you know, of course, he wasn't with us at the time. That was the yeah. the two guys, because like I say, they were my main influences mm-hmm. that I wanted to see live. Um, but um, so I got to go to that. It was really cool. It was really neat. You know, I got to meet some people that um, I was friends with online. You know, got to meet them face to face, exchange numbers, you know, still talk to them. Um, and I've been to, uh, oh, I went to Robbie Gallaty's church for one of his uh, discipleship trainings when I was at a, a Baptist church here. And even though it wasn't a conference, it was still like a you know bigger thing. But what I liked about it versus Together for the Gospel was 
you felt like you were at a small, you know, Robbie's pretty well known. Yeah. He's kind of like one of the bigger, but we were sitting there eating lunch and he just comes and sits down there with us and just starts talking to us like, yeah, because he is a regular guy. You know, I I don't mean to say it that way, but he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, you know? Um, And of course it kind of was conference light. And when I name a couple of these names, it's going to be like, you know, Oh Lord. Um, but Johnny Hunt was there to speak. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, and Robbie Zacharias. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. So there you go. There's a couple of names. But no, it, you know, it, it was conference at night. So during yeah. the day, it was the discipleship training, the D group training. And then at night, you had the conference. But it had a small conference feel to yeah. it. So the more I kept seeing Jeff promote it, you know, and then when I saw that Dr. White was going to be there, I was like, ah. Well, with him being there, is it still going to be small? Yeah. You know, because, you know, you just never know. Um, and I thought, well, I'm on, I'm going to go, you know, because I, I haven't, I'd never been to Jeff's church, but I'd seen it online. So I had an idea about how big it was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and he kept saying tickets were available. And I thought, hmm. And then when I saw that Claude was going to be there from the Hero Stand yeah. Theology Podcast, yeah, we like I love Claude. Claude. Yeah. Yep. And Brandon was going to be there. Um, but of course he had to end up backing out. I wanted to meet both those brothers in person, Yeah, but I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go meet Claude in person. You know, I, yeah. I, I love Claude. I was on, I was on his podcast and he, he is infectious. I, I, his is. joy is something else. Yeah. Um, you know, he sat behind me and, you know, so I got to hear him. Amen. And everybody, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just saw it from there and, you know, was able to go and got the time off from work and, I loved it. I, I yeah. thought it was great. Uh, the preaching was outstanding. Like you said, you, you're hearing from guys that aren't known. Yeah. Um, they don't have your big platforms, um, you know, and that's what I thought was so good about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, plus, I listened to Open Air. So, you know, I've heard Haps and I've heard Braden, of course, Jeff before. There you go. You know, and all that. So getting to meet them in person was cool, too, because we have, for whatever reason, I'm a Mormon attractant. I have these Mormon kids that re- they request me as a friend on Facebook. And as soon as I accept it, they're, you know, sending me a message. Hey, man, you want to hear about Jesus? And I'm like, sure, lay it on me. Um, yeah. You know, so I'll hit Braden up on occasion and be like, hey, what should I say? You know, yeah. here, you know, I know what I want to say, but what do you think is good to say to, you know, you being an ex-Mormon? So, yeah, we got anyways, Braden coming so, yeah. on the podcast pretty soon here. We're going to have an hour long discussion about him going from uh, Mormonism into yeah. where he's at now, which I think would be interesting, but you're absolutely right about yeah. the, the smallness of it. I, I like that. I've been to the G three national conference. It was a little too mm-hmm. overwhelming outside of the bookstore, which is thousands yeah. of books with all the publishers. That's awesome. But I mean, you got a couple thousand people there. You don't get a chance to talk to any of the speakers. Most of them are walled no. off with security. It's very like yep. arena feel to it. To where when I go to Fight Laugh Feast, maybe it's 800 to 1,000. I think that's just about the right amount to where all the speakers are still accessible and we're doing interviews with them and things like that. But then when you go to Jeff's church and you got 60 people there on debate night and you've got James mm-hmm. White sitting in my chair for the for 30 minutes next to me talking to me and he, he's talking to you and you go, okay, yeah, I like this. And when we when I talked yeah. to Jeff, I said, you better be careful. This thing's going to blow up and then you're going to have, a, he goes, I don't want any more than 60 people ever. If I ever have a conference with more than 60 or 70 people, I'm, I'm not doing it. And I go, you're, you're the exact opposite of a, of a, of a promoter yeah. for, for conferences. They want to grow them. 
Uh, and he goes, no, mm-hmm. I like it small. I like it small, intimate. And he's told me multiple times. He goes, man, hanging out with you and Kobe and all those guys. He goes, it was it was one of the best three days of my life, just getting to know brothers yeah. that I didn't know. And I went, I feel the same way. It was, uh, yeah, you absolutely. know, now look at now we're talking about on this podcast, and who knows? Oh, we might be letting a secret, the cat out of the bag. All four of my li- <laughs> all four of my listeners might show up there next year if we. <laughs> we do one, <laughs> but hey, look at you! You know, guys like you and Keith. Uh, I became friends with you guys. Uh, I know we're going to be longtime friends, and uh, I really appreciate your channel too. As we wrap this up, tell everyone the socials where they can watch the reviews, get a hold of you on social, or wherever you post stuff. Okay. Um, well, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube at Roll Bible Reviews. Um, on Twitter, I don't have one for the channel, but you can follow me there. Um, it's CWMUNS. Um, I'm pretty active over there. I mainly retweet a lot of stuff, but um, I- I'm pretty active over there. And you can look me up on Facebook. Uh, it's Kobe Muncy. Um, you can add me as long as you don't have a suspect looking picture <laughs> or theology, you know, or something right. like that. I'll, I'll add you. So, um, but yeah, just, you know, give me a follow over there. And like I say, if you, Get on there and watch that last video on the large print wide margin LSB. You might win it. So there you go. So he's giving away a Bible. Guys, Rural Bible Reviews. Make sure you go check him out. If nothing else, a great resource, Colby. I'm, I'm being serious here. A resource to where I can go to your channel. You've got all kinds of videos up there. There's some type of Bible that I might be interested in or one of, one of the listeners here might be interested in. You can just see him go through it and review it, touch it, feel it, tell you everything about it. Uh, we'll make sure we link everything up too when this episode goes live so everyone can just click uh, in their pod chaser, pod, whatever they listen to it on and uh, check out your channel. And let's get them to 300 views because let me tell you, underrated, undervalued YouTube channel. I love finding them. I find them at 200, 300, then guess what? A year later, they're at 10,000, 20,000, and I get to say, like a hipster, oh, yeah, I watched them when they were at 200, right? (laughs) I love doing that to people, all right? And this is an undervalued, underrated channel, especially if you're a believer, and what believer doesn't love Bibles? I mean, you're just doing great work there, man, the way you go through it and tell us all about it. I really appreciate it. Cool, you got anything else for for us before we get out of here? No, um, just... um... Love God and love people. You know, you got to you got to do what the commandment says. They've been what Jesus told us, <laughs> you know, love God with all your heart, soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So, you know, um, Amen. as my friend Daryl, uh, the happy Presbyterian on Twitter says, repent and believe the gospel. You know, there he you tweets go. that out every day. And, you know. If you're not a believer, you need, you need to repent and believe. Absolutely. Repent, believe the gospel. And as always, as we say on this show, remember the chief end of man to glorify God, glorify enjoy God. him forever. Enjoy him forever. Guys, Amen. thanks so much for listening to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. God bless. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.